Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Lamar. And we have with us today, Karim Miji. He is the Chief Product Officer at Remitly. Welcome, Karim. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Uh, and thanks, Juliet, for having me on the podcast today. Of course. I'm really excited to learn more about Remitly. Um, why don't you go ahead and kick us off and let us know all about the company? Yeah, so Remitly is uh, focused on disrupting the nearly $600 billion remittance market globally. Um, we've been doing this for about six years. Um, started with uh, our founder, who was uh, living in Kenya at the time that uh, he had uh, the realization that there was a, um, a, an industry that needed disrupting, as he uh, as he saw on the ground in Kenya, the impact of uh, a fairly antiquated uh, model and an approach to sending money internationally. Um, the, the challenges that he saw were um, lack of transparency in pricing, high pricing, um, inconsistent uh, money being sent and delivered in ways that uh, the recipients didn't know when funds were going to arrive. And, uh, and so Matt at that time realized that the sort of mobile phone penetration growth uh, occurring across the globe coupled with technology could really have an impact on disrupting uh, this, this category of business. And so uh, that's what we've been doing for the last uh, six years, really focused on it and uh, making a lot of good progress. And, you know, you're, you're mentioning a couple of the issues that are, that are happening at this fees. You know, what is causing these? What are, like, the biggest challenges here? Yeah, so there's, there's a few challenges that uh, have enabled us to really kind of tackle this problem head on. Um, one of the one of the key challenges is moving money across the globe uh, uh, is is a complicated process. It's complicated in terms of regulation requirements and compliance, um, and so that ends up producing friction and you know stumbling points. Um, if you're a an immigrant who's recently moved from your you know home country. Um, to you know, find a better life and a and a better um, way of living, um, and uh, you're new to that country, and now you go through a complex process that's daunting about uh, you know bank accounts where maybe you've just established a bank account, maybe you don't have credit yet, um, so you're new to this country, you're trying to establish yourself. Um, the bar is very high in terms of friction uh, for a variety of reasons that are regulatory, um, and as a result, um, it can be fairly unapproachable as a process. Um, and so that's a challenge that technology can help with through a variety of techniques, um, whether that's um, automation and electronic verification of identity, um, whether that's using um, uh, machine learning and models um, to do um, higher quality but lower friction fraud detection and checks. Um, these are the types of things that we do remitly to make that customer journey, customer experience for that new immigrant uh, much more painless. Uh, and ultimately easier um, and remove, if you will, one of the key stumbling blocks. Um, another area that we've focused on, because we now are able to apply software technology automation to some of the problems I've just mentioned, is we can really pass on the, the savings um, that, that we would gain over a traditional remittance company where they do a lot of those things through 
human operations and having large compliance teams and the like. And so we pass those savings on transparently to our, our customers so they know exactly what they're paying uh, to send money across the globe. They know the fees, the foreign exchange rate. It's all laid out really clearly for them. And uh, in, uh, in most cases, it's a substantial savings over a tra- traditional remitter. Um, and so that provides sort of a second pain point, which is their recipients just get more money for every dollar that the sender is sending. And then the third challenge that uh, uh, we've experienced in this industry is the network uh, to move money from point A to point B across the globe is a um, fragmented network, essentially. And so it's difficult to predict when will the funds arrive, um, whether at a cash pickup counter in the Philippines, one of our first markets, or via home delivery in Vietnam, one of our most recent markets. It's challenging to actually tell a sender and recipient when will the money actually be there. If you think about um, the days before Amazon told you when the box was going to be on your doorstep, uh, you just didn't know. And imagine if we did Mm -hmm. that with, uh, with your money. And so that's an area that we've disrupted pretty substantially by um, enabling senders uh, in their experience to have what we call a perfect delivery promise. So we, in our uh, process or flow, show the sender exactly the date and time at which the funds will be either in the bank, at the cash pickup counter, uh, delivered via home delivery um, to the recipient, and then through the transaction process, we're sending messages uh, through SMS, emails to both sender and recipient, so both parties know uh, how the money is transiting ultimately to its final location. Um, so that's the third area that uh, is a challenge, and, and we've tackled with technology. And this is such you know, a sensitive and and really life changing thing for a lot of people across the globe. You know, they they depend on this for for life, really, and having having the high fees that are associated with it and then not being able to know when it's coming in, that creates a lot of stress for people who are already probably in a pretty stressful situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I I had a question. Go ahead. No, go ahead. My question was, are there a lot of issues with, um, say, fraud or interception of funds for people who are sending remittances? Um, So um, let me make sure I'm clear when you talk about fraud, if you're using the word the same way we talk about fraud. So when we talk about fraud, we're talking about um, bad actors attempting to use our systems, essentially, uh, potentially, you know, identity theft, where they're uh, essentially using someone else's identity, identity and card to extract funds from that person's card. So when we talk about fraud, that's how we think about fraud, because obviously in any any uh, category space where there's a commerce transaction, there's the potential for fraud of that type. Is that, is that what you're focused on? Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, but like, if someone is coming and they're, and they're putting their money and they're sending it to, say, the Philippines, you know, are there is there an issue with people trying to, you know, intercept it or steal that person's information um, before it even gets to the, you know, the person or these bad actors? You know, how big of an issue is that? Yeah, yeah. So fraud on the inbound side is an issue. Um, uh, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, the ability to uh, steal someone's identity, um, you know, access their credit card through a lot of nefarious sources, these these things happen on the Internet today at the scale and size that we've, we've achieved, right? Um, mm-hmm. So we use, we use uh, machine learning models um, to essentially look at each transaction. We combine that with a variety of um, public source data, and we essentially uh, uh, model the transaction in a way that we score uh, the potential risk for fraud. Uh, if we 
believe that there's a transaction that triggers above a certain threshold, um, then we go through a, re a review process with that transaction um, because there's a couple things here. One, we want to make sure that in those cases where there are good actors who have tri triggered a signal, we want to make sure that we, we are able to um, enable them to transact at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, our models continue to get better such that we have, are having fewer and fewer false positives, um, but, you know, we're not there yet. It's, uh, it's an imperfect science, even though there is science and, and uh, modeling and data that goes into that process. So fraud is definitely uh, a challenge. Uh, in the m industry that we're in, uh, the remittance market, we've got um, the lowest uh, fraud loss rates of digital remitters at this point in our size and scale. Uh, and that's largely because of a very heavy investment in technology and the fact that in the market that we started in, so today we're in four origination markets, the U.S., Canada, the U.K., uh, and Australia. We started in the U.S., probably one of the most difficult markets to actually begin uh, in because we carry the liability of any fraud that flows through our system. And so we had to set a very high bar uh, to be a viable business and ensure that mm -hmm. uh, you know, we weren't uh, losing money. Um, and so that's uh, served us well as we have started to scale across the globe in terms of ensuring that those loss rates are very low as we go to new markets. That's, that's great because you are you're on top of it, you know, and you're realizing this is happening. And I think you, you sound like you're very aware of all the, the issues and you guys are handling it in a very, very secure and thoughtful way. You're really thinking things through. Yeah. And, you know, you touch on, on security and that's another really important point um, in the business that, that we're in. Security is something that we, um, you know, it is a zero tolerance sort of area and, uh, uh, for activity, right? Um, having a secure site, ensuring that customers have the highest degree of trust um, when they're, you know, essentially giving us hard-earned dollars and they're sending, you know, this hard-earned dollars back home to their family and loved ones for, you know, um, basic um, needs of life, um, education, just, you know, creating greater opportunity for um, the people that they care about the most. So understanding the, the what our customers are entrusting us with, we take very seriously and you know, um, we're a very mission-driven organization, um, and so security and trust are uh, of the highest um, import to us. Um, and we think we think carefully about this area because uh, it's uh, it, you know these are life-changing activities that senders are essentially enabling. And I, and I can hear the passion in your voice. And I think when you're working with an industry like remittance, you know, you have to be passionate about the people you're helping. And and I can really hear that through you. So that's that's fantastic. Absolutely. And and you know, just to underscore that, it's. You know, I'm, I'm reflecting from an organization of hundreds of people that share this passion. Um, you know, we are very centered on our mission, mission and our culture um, as a company focuses on, um, as we say, delivering on our promises to customers every day so they can deliver on their promises uh, that they make to their loved ones and family back home. Absolutely. So here's just some technical questions, I guess, is, you know, what, what's the approximate time it takes to send money? I know it, it probably depends on the place you're sending it, but, you know, time and, and price of sending and receiving funds. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the time component first, and then we can talk about um, uh, uh, pricing or, or cost, if you will. So the, the timing, uh, it does depend on both um, questions, but the mm -hmm. timing uh, can be from in instant uh, and uh, we have one sort of product that we call our express product. Um, that product is instant delivery. 
uh, it, uh, to bank uh, deposit, and it's available for uh, pickup instantly at cash pickup uh, locations. Home delivery is a little bit of an interesting use case. We've, we've actually just introduced the home delivery um, method of getting funds to the recipient in two new markets, uh, Vietnam and Dominican Republic. Um, obviously, it can't be instant, given that there's a person who actually has to get on a bike or a scooter and actually go to the home. Um, but we are essentially getting funds into the hands of the home delivery uh, partner that we've work, we're working with in those markets instantly, and then there is some lag based on their normal um, routes and or time it takes to get funds into the hands of the recipient. Um, so that's on one end. Um, on the other end, we have a, a product that we call Economy, uh, and the delivery timeline is usually three to five days on that product. It does depend on market. It does depend on uh, depend upon the um, partners in market that we're working with, um, but that's a general range. And again, based on um, what I alluded to earlier, the concept of a perfect delivery promise, we, we do that calculation in real time, uh, given the partner and given the type of product you're choosing, either express or economy, to give the customer at that point before they hit buy, quote unquote, right, the uh, uh, exact date and time on which the funds will be delivered. On, on pricing, on pricing um, it also depends. With two different products, um, we layer in a, a fee for our, expe our express product. Um, the fee can range from $399 down to no fee at all, um, and that's largely based on the amount that you send. So I'll give it, use an example. Uh, in our Mexico and India corridors, uh, the fee is $399, uh, but it slides down to zero uh, at certain threshold points. Uh, in India, if you send over $1,000, you don't pay, pay a transfer fee. And in uh, Mexico, I believe the threshold is $500, above which you, you wouldn't pay a fee. Um, and then, uh, again, in certain markets, the other thing that we've uh, uh, included, if you will, as part of the value proposition is the foreign exchange rate. So um, I'll use India as a prime example. Uh, it's a market where a good portion of our customers choose the option I'm about to describe, which is our economy product, which has uh, a better exchange rate at the end of the day for the customer. Uh, so there are two different exchange rates, one for our express product and one for our, for our economy product. So again, the point there is uh, if you want the funds to arrive immediately, uh, then your exchange rate might be a little less favorable because we're doing some work to get everything done as we need to. Um, but if you've got a little bit of, uh, you know, if you're not sending for immediate need uh, and a three to five day window is reasonable from your perspective, maybe you're sending a larger amount, uh, then you can choose that option to get uh, the more favorable exchange rate. So a little bit of the answer to the question on pricing, why is it, you can almost think of it as a, a bit of a matrix and then layered on top of that, why is the customer sending? What's their use? And that, you know, that plus fee plus exchange rate ultimately equal the overall cost to the customer. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I guess if people are trying to, to, to get involved with remittance, um, walk us through the process of signing up, uh, what they're going to need, and how to go about that. Yeah. So um, we focused uh, from early days on making our experience mobily optimized. And, and a, lot of, a lot of folks talk about mobile, mobile optimization, obviously, because we have uh, as we touched on earlier, this you know um, continued penetration of smartphones across the globe. Our approach was number one, yes, because 
uh, our customers are increasingly using mobile devices. The other thing that that's really uh, enabled for us, by designing a product that works well on a mobile device, especially uh, the domain of uh, collecting information from a customer so we can know their who they are, what, they, um, what they're sending for, um, understand a little bit more about um, how they generate income, again, back to the compliance and regulatory environments in which we operate. We, mm-hmm. We've been, I would say, forced to really think hard about how to make those experiences easy and seamless um, and you know, occur in minutes versus the traditional way, which is you walk into a store, you fill out a form, or two forms, or three forms, you bring in a bank account statement, or you bring in a passport, and then you wait 48 hours, and then maybe you're approved to send, right? So if you think about that experience I just described, and you imagine you know, um, shrinking that down into a mobile phone and doing that in minutes, that transformation is a large part of what we've done through focusing on the mobile device. It's forced us to think very creatively about how to do what I've described in a simple, easy-to-use way. So back to your question, as a potential new customer, you would um, visit our website on your mobile phone, on your uh, desktop computer. Uh, you download our app um, on iOS or Android. Uh, you would sign in or, or law, uh, create an account, sorry, with uh, your email address and a password. Um, depending upon the amount you want to send, you, you'd be asked for a couple of pieces of information, uh, your social security number, obviously your sender information, your name, your address. So you give us a little bit of information, and below a certain threshold, uh, you're basically able to send money uh, immediately. Um, you pick your, uh, the amount that you're going to send. You pick the country, obviously, that you're sending to. You pick the way in which the recipient is going to receive the funds, either through a bank deposit or a cash pickup and now home delivery. Um, and you hit go. And that's, that's basically you get your uh, perfect delivery promise so you know when things are going to uh, arrive, and you're basically done. As you uh, want to send more, and why I'm not giving you an exact number, because again, it depends on are you in the U.S., are you in, the Can- are you in Canada, are you in the U.K., where, mm-hmm. where are you at? Uh, different uh, laws govern compliance requirements. But as you move up in terms of wanting to send more, we may ask you for um, a passport. We may ask you for um, proof of uh, a bank account. We may ask you for proof of funds. So there are a variety of different either... Uh, forms of evidence that we will ask you for or questions that we will ask you for. Again, all automated, all through a mobile app, um, mobile website, or a desktop um, website to capture that information uh, so that we can do a quick review and uh, approve you as a customer to then go through the rest of the process just the same way I described and as seamlessly as I described. That seems, it seems so simple and fantastic, and I'm so glad that something like this is is existing and that you have you have such a good team working to bring this type of ease and security to people who are sending business. Thank you. Yeah, it's still, uh, you know, as we like to talk about it remotely, um, uh, we're just getting started in so many ways. Um, that's just something, it's one of our, our slogans or taglines around here because there's, you know, we've done so much, but there's so much more to do. Uh, it's continuing to make this process better, faster, easier, more transparent for our customers um, across the globe. So, um, but thanks. Yeah, it's uh, it's. It's a good first step if you think about it in those terms. Absolutely. Karim, thank you so much for joining us here today on Future Tech Podcast. And we're looking forward to seeing all the new things you're going to be rolling out to try and solve these really real and hard problems. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on the, the podcast today, Julia. Pleasure talking to you. That's Karim Meggi, 
He is the Chief Product Officer at Remitly. You can see them at remitly.com. This has been Juliet Lamar of Future Tech Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.